show starts in one... Hello and welcome to a very special Brits on Flex where we're just kind of re-evaluating 2017 thus far. Um, this is going to be a quick truncated episode. We're just going to burn through our top five and bottom five of the year so far. Now the chances are these are going to be wildly different from what ends up on our end of year list. But just to give you a small flavour of what the year's been like and movies that you may have missed it's worth to maybe give a chance or to give a wide berth. Brian, just in a quick overall thought, what have you thought of the year so far? <clears throat> yeah, um, it's been a bit of a weird year, to be honest. There's actually been quite a lot of middling films. Yeah. Films that... Sh- it, it, if I'm being honest, a little bit disappointing. I think we've had an, a very strong year for comic book movies so far. Um, and we've had some surprises, some some really nice surprises. Um, but it's like your big, big budget stuff like Kong, Skull Island, the last Fast and Furious film, The Mummy, Pirates of the Caribbean, Baywatch. I mean, I, I didn't mind Baywatch, don't get me wrong. Um, it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be, but it, they're still just kind of average at best. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, on on the whole, I'd say it's been a reasonably disappointing summer season and when i say summer season i mean from february onwards because these days yeah. th- that seems to be when it starts mm-hmm. um yeah I, I mean i was looking to making up my top five list and i was looking through my scores on letterbox lots of movies got a five at the start of the year it was all kind of oscar contender things and i'm looking through and i'm going yeah that's a great movie it's not going on my list yeah oh mm-hmm. that's another fantastic movie that's not going on my list either i mean my I've got movies on my list that were nowhere near a five star. I've I've got a movie on my list that was a two point five when I saw it at the cinema. Really? Yeah, but over the time the movie has racked up in my opinion. I've found myself going on to YouTube and watching just segments of it. I can't wait to pick it up. Right. And Blu-ray okay. is just one of these movies that's just grew in my estimation. And uh, yeah, I suppose we'll get to it. So Let's start okay. with the bad before we get to the good, Brian. <laughs> Let's look at yeah. the, <laughs> our five worst movies of the year. So who would like to go first? Okay. Why don't you go first? Okay, Num- number five. Uh, a movie that I actually gave pass marks to when I saw it. And uh, now I look back and I go, look, you know, Graham, sometimes you're just wrong. Um, <laughs> so my number five is Assassin's Creed. Um, right. I, I, I kind of liked it in the cinema. And when I think back to it now, I don't know why. Um, I see I see clips of it. It looks boring. It was trite. It, it was kind of formulaic. It offered nothing new to the genre. Some of the filming techniques were poor. The action set pieces with Michael Fassbender and the old uh, olden days and then cutting back to him in the simulator type of thing were just horribly put together and shot. Mm. I just don't know what I was thinking, Brian. Yeah. Um, was was Assassin's Creed this year? Yeah, it was the first movie I saw in January. It came out in the January the first, I think it was. Or oh right, because I, I go off US release dates. Oh right, okay. So yeah, um, if because I'll tell I'll tell you now if um, if Assassin's Creed is in play, that would have been on my list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so no, I mean I mean I go off US release dates for this just because. Right. 
like when you get to end of year stuff, like that's when you got to start looking at Oscar contenders and things like that. So, yeah. Um, okay. If do, do you want to go off UK release dates or US? Whatever you what you just you're comfortable with. I don't mind, Brian. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm I'm going to go off US release dates then because that's what my list is designed for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would have been it would have been Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Let's just um, agree to uh, say that it's crap. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's agree to say it's crap. So, so my number five choice, um, obviously working my way up to the worst film. Mm-hmm. Number five choice is Power Rangers. Now, this it, it isn't what I would call an absolute stinker. I do think there are some things in there to recommend, but on the whole, I just felt like it was. <sighs> The the CW writ large um, with a, with a bigger budget, it, it, yeah, I not my thing. What can I say? Mm. <laughs> Quickly moving on, mm. uh, number four in my list is Chips, uh, an absolutely unfunny comedy. Um, hot in the heels of Twenty One Jump Street, this should have had more of an edge to it, more self mm. self referential and poking a little bit more fun at itself. It took itself a little bit too seriously. It got itself wrapped up a little bit too much in a plot. And like I said at the start here, for a comedy, it was not funny, which is just a mm. damning comment, as I can say. Well, it's the worst thing that a comedy can be, isn't it? It's yeah. not funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number four is Resident Evil, the final chapter. Um, the problem with this film... It's not actually that it's that it's a a, a bad film as such. In, in that, um, if I could have seen what was happening on screen, it might have been one of my favourite Resident Evil films. I know that's not saying much. They're they're hardly uh, the golden standard when it comes to cinema. But yeah, the editing and the way this was shot is atrocious absolutely atrocious I had motion sickness when I was watching this and I could not see a bloody thing that was going on quite frankly Um, the camera was just never still and yeah it was like a really bad MTV video Uh, like I say the the, the stuff that was happening on screen actually kind of made it one of the better Resident Evil films if I could have seen it um, so yeah, I, I don't I'll... see the I don't see the point on doing all this choreography of, of <clears throat> all this set design you know really amazing set design like all these amazing stunts and, and big action set pieces all this work that that, that people in the production have, have put into it only for it to be destroyed by someone who clearly doesn't know how to shoot it. Yeah. I've not actually seen the last two Resident Evil movies. Yeah. I, I kind of checked out. It's one of those ones I'll get to them eventually. Um, but I think it was part four or five. I think it just kind of put me off. Um, mm. My number three is Transformers 5, The Last Night. Um, I, I kind of enjoyed the first Transformers movie. And I've hated everyone since then. And yet, for some reason, I seem to have this hope that it's going to turn out mm. to be all right. And this one hurt particularly bad because I kind of enjoyed the first half of it. 
before it just completely falls into just mess. CGI mess. Yeah. Is that bad? I don't even want to talk about it anymore, Brian. <laughs> Uh, my number three is a film called the S- uh, Space Between Us, um, and I-, I saw the trailers for this, and I actually thought, you know, that that does actually look quite intriguing. It looks it looks a little bit maybe too kiddie friendly in parts, particularly like teenage girls kind of movie, but it looked like it could be a good one, you know. It looked mm-hmm. like it could have something about it. <coughs> and I think um, Asa Butterfield is a very likeable presence in the film, uh, as is the girl that's in it. I can't remember her name. And Gary Oldman, you know, Gary Oldman's in it. He, he, he does give a good performance, but his character is so badly written that there's, there's a twist with his character that you see coming straight away. Literally, like within the first few moments that you've been introduced to this guy, you see that you see it, you know it, you you expect it at any moment, and they spend the whole film leading to it, and then when they reveal it, they shoot it and act it and and perform it in such a way that they honestly they honestly expect the the audience to have not seen this coming. Um, so, so I think it's set up as a genuine twist. So. It, 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 yeah, it felt lazy. It just yeah. felt predictable, um, and because of that, I got a bit bored. Right. Um, as always, this, this this can change. But my second worst movie of the year is a movie that got I think it was two point five or maybe a three when I first saw it, and then quickly after that, the movie got me angry. And it's not really that kind of movie. People love this movie, and I think that's why I'm having such an eject reaction to it. Uh, my number two is Life. Yeah. <sighs> now, when I saw it, it, it wasn't the most offensive thing. It, it was fine for what it was. It was nothing spectacular. Then after the fact, I just... I started reading reviews and seeing things, and people were like, this is fantastic, this is the, the most amazing thing ever. No, no, it's it's not quite. It was average at best. And then it's just getting shitter and shitter. Um, I hate it. I, I hate it. I think Jake Gyllenhaal looks bored. He must have wanted um, a, a new pool or something. They took the money to get this. It's just abhorrent. Abhorrent cinema. It's just... It's lifeless is what it is. Life is lifeless. Speechless. Cool. Result? <laughs> Absolutely speechless. <sighs> Man alive. Okay, moving on. <clears throat> My number two is Rings. Talk about a comedy that doesn't make you laugh, and that being the worst crime for a comedy. The worst thing about a horror film, the worst thing you can do in a horror film, is to not be even remotely scary. Not even chilling. Just nothing. That is what I felt whilst watching this film. Um, <clears throat> the first Rings film, like the first The Ring, I should say, the Gore, Gore Verbinski one. Uh, and yes, I do know it was a remake of a Japanese film, but just I'm talking about the American ones, that first film in the franchise scared me, you know? It sent chills. 
down my spine. <clears throat> and at the very least, that's what a horror film should do. This did not. I was bored from start to finish. And I kept waiting to be scared. And it never happened. Uh, so, yeah, dirge. Yeah, I've I seen <coughs> Rings and I'll agree with you, but I'll tell you the biggest <coughs> flaw in that movie for me was it had a great idea. It had this idea of a professor who discovered the tape and was using it as a sort of social experiment. You know, that weird set-up in the, in the thing and he, he was kind of monitoring people's pictures as they were going mm. being haunted. What a great idea. that They just kind of threw away and went, you know what, let's just do the usual shit we do with the, the Rings movies. <laughs> Um, only not as well. Notice, notice how our, our lang bad language quota is really going up <laughs> in this episode as, as we start to talk about the mu movies we hate. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, I, 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 I no, no, hang on, Brian, my number one. Oh, yeah, you're, num you're number yeah, one. Yeah. So I get sidetracked by how crap Brings was. Mm -hmm. My number one, the movie that I, I've hated the most this year, and the one that I, I, I can quite... Assume is going to be number one for the year. It's Triple X Three. I absolutely hated this movie. It, it's, it's like the Fast and Furious light, but you know, kind of Fast and Furious, but strip out all the fun, all the yeah. excitement, all the action, the one liners. It, it's ridiculously boring. It, it it tries to be. You can almost see the commerciality of it by them trying to bring all these different cultural big actors into this movie simply so they can sell it to their markets. And for that conceit alone, it deserves to be smacked down as hard as it possibly can. Vin Diesel, I don't know why he's a star. No, I can understand. The guy can act. He was good in Saving Private Ryan, Boiler Room, things like that. This is just cheap. Fast and the Furious knockoff. It's nowhere near as good. Mm. Hate it. Yeah, I, I stayed away from it because that's kind of how I felt about the first one. I watched 15 minutes of the second one, turned it off because I was like, nope. It, it, yeah, so I, I, I had no compulsion to go and see this one. So. Hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I can see. Um, yeah, and my number one is Transformers because, yeah, it just... I, I have no idea how so much can be happening on screen, how so much can be being destroyed and blowing up and just things going on and yet be so bored by it. Um, I just... I felt nothing. As I was watching it, and like, and like I, I actually didn't mind Age of Extinction. I actually, I actually gave Age of Extinction a, a, a reasonable review. I thought it was much better than people gave it credit for. So I went into this with a, with an open mind, quite hopeful. But no, it's just, it, it's just boring. And the worst thing you can do is bore me when I'm watching a film, mm -hmm. especially when it's an action thriller. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If it doesn't thrill you and the action doesn't, you know, the action doesn't get you going, then <sighs> give up. Right, Brian. Let's that, let's shake off the dirt, the deluge, the grunge, the crappy movies of the year. Let's talk about things that actually got us excited in the cinema. The things that actually we left cinema on a high after seeing these excellent movies. Um, why don't you go first this time, Brian? 
that'll be your, okay. your, your fifth best of the year so far. Understandable, right. this list could change throughout the year, but at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, here it goes. All right, so my number five of 2017 so far is John Wick, Chapter 2. This is a film that, to be honest, I wasn't looking forward to it as much as everyone else uh, because when I'd seen the first film, I thought it had been grossly overhyped. I didn't really like it as much as everyone else had. Yeah, I thought it was cool on many levels, but... I, I don't know, I must have been in a really bad mood when I watched it, but um, I watched this one, I watched the second one, I was blown away by by the action in it. Yeah, the story isn't much to, to speak of, but you don't care, because this this is a film designed for, to, to, to do one thing and one thing only, which is to, to thrill the heck out of you with, with the action set pieces. Um, really, really great action film. So much so that it made me go back and and revisit the first one, and I actually I actually loved that first one uh, the second time round. I, I I couldn't see why I'd been so hard on it, um, but but yeah, it's 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 just how great the second one is that has has kind of made me do that. Has made me go back and 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 see that first one again. Um, so yeah, gr- really good franchise. Uh, my number five is Logan. I think it was a, a nice change to the superhero genre uh, with Old Man Logan. The, the story of these three people on a kind of tour, almost uh, a road trip movie. Uh, cantankerous old Professor X, sort of weary of life, Logan, and this uh, youthful uh, X twenty three. I thought it was a really interesting take on a superhero movie. I thought it was a fitting end to the sort of Wolverine story that we've had. I just think everything about it was really exceptionally well done. Okay. Uh, my number four is Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big DC fan. Uh, you and I have discussed in great length the merits of Batman v Superman and Man of Steel before on this podcast. We won't get into that again here, uh, but I I still think that Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, the ultimate cut, are better than Wonder Woman. Uh, I think a lot of people are hyping this movie up a little bit too much. That being said, it is still a very good movie. Uh, really, really good. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to downplay how much I liked it, but I do think that, yeah, I, I think the the opportunity to to praise something that isn't Zack Snyder has kind of, yeah, it it it's kind of become maybe a maybe a feather in the cap of Wonder Woman. It's you know, it's it's a it's a film that he didn't really have much involvement in, therefore we can we can praise it to uh to high heaven. Despite the fact that it does actually suffer from some of the some of the the ticks and faults that people kind of criticise Batman v Superman for. Uh like I say, I I didn't really see those faults in those films, so because I enjoyed them for what they were, I enjoyed this all the same reasons uh, it's still my still my third favorite so far out of the the dc movies suicide squad still still at the bottom um so uh 
Yeah, really good, really strong, and, and just damn good to have a, uh, a a solo outing for a female superhero about bloody time, and just glad that it's this good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, it's a great film. Uh, my number four is Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Yeah, man, I love this flick. It was just so much fun. I thought yeah. it was... I thought it was fantastically well shot. I thought it had such inventive action set pieces that were different. Every single action set piece. I had so much fun with it. I loved the creature design, the monsters. Um, I think it's a movie that's designed to see on the big screen as well. I don't know how it's going to play at home. I'm a little bit worried about that, in fact. Um, but on that big screen viewing, absolutely loved the hell out of Kong Skull Island. Can't wait for more of that. Loved it. Yeah, I, I liked Kong Skull Island, but I thought so much of it was a missed opportunity. I, I think the best thing about it was the visuals. I do think the cinematography, if nothing else, the cinematography in that film deserves... So far, you know, we, we've not seen what else is coming this year, but at this stage, it is, it, I'd, I'd give it an Oscar nomination for best cinematography. I thought it was absolutely Tom Hiddleston is the badass. I mean, who saw that coming? That was great. <laughs> oh, I loved it. <coughs> yeah, I, I, I just, I felt, you know, they, they aped Apocalypse Now so much in the visuals. I just wish they'd done so in the story. So my number three is Life. <laughs> I loved this film. I'm sorry, but it, it totally took me by surprise. Um, when when uh, I, I I generally don't well there's no generally about it I don't watch or listen to reviews of films before I go and see them, um, but I happened to catch a review of Life because uh, because it wasn't really a film that I was particularly I, I didn't even know that I was going to go and see it to be honest uh, it was, I, I knew Jake Gyllenhaal was in it and it, it looked okay. But I had a feeling it was going to be one of those kind of dodgy sci-fis that it doesn't quite live up to the potential. Um, and then a, a, a review kind of confirmed that when it said that it was basically just an alien rip-off. So I was like, oh, all right, fair enough. But I was at the cinema, I had the whole day, the timings worked out right for me to see a few films, one after the other. This was one of them. <clears throat> I was hooked from start to finish. Absolutely loved it. You say that Jake Gyllenhaal is on autopilot, he's phoning in, whatever. I think that's actually part of the character. It's this, he's playing a guy who has become detached from humanity. That's, that's what he's playing. He's play, playing detachment, and that's what I read throughout the whole film. Um, I, I thought there was a, a really... Great! I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it for anyone who's not seen it. But let, let's just say a, a character, a major character, or who we who we would think would be a major character, gets taken out pretty early on in this film, and and the method by which he gets taken out is absolutely brutal. Really, just yeah, tense. Really tense. I loved the film. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, I can't wait to see it again. And the score as well. It had a fantastic score. Um, yeah. It, it, it is an alien rip-off, you know? It is. But when it's this good, I don't give a toss. Um, okay. On to my number three. Now, this is a movie that I, I gave a three out of five when I saw it. 
it's climbing up rapidly. I, I can't wait to see it again. It is Gore Verbinski's A Cure for Wellness. This is a movie that the story isn't the thing that it's all about. And I think I think that's why I'm really curious about seeing it again. The story doesn't matter. What matters in this is the atmosphere. It creates a terrific sense of atmosphere, of oddity. It looks unlike any other movie I've seen this year. Cinematography-wise, this thing is absolutely stunning. The way it's been put together, shot... It's a tremendous movie and I think initially I was I gave it a low score because the story wasn't that original or fantastic. But the ideas behind it, the filmmaking behind it, has just put it up in my in my admiration after, long after seeing it. I can't wait to get to see this thing again. I'm going to buy the Blu-ray, day one release, just so I can jump right on it and watch it again. It's a movie that nobody's talking about and that is an absolute shame because I think it's going to be regarded in, in a good few years as being a classic of 2017. Wow. Well, I, I've not seen it. Um, I've got to say, the trailers did intrigue me. I did want to go and see it, but <clears throat> for whatever reason, I just never got around to it. Um, okay, my number two is Logan. Uh, what a send-off. What a send-off for this character that we've been following for the for, for nearly two decades. Um, Hugh Jackman on perfect form, Patrick Stewart on e even more perfect form. Just the, the coupling of those two together as these old grumpy farts. Yeah, brilliant, just brilliant. And I, I love the, the girl, the little girl in it. I can't remember her name, but great performance from her. Uh, it, it's, and, and just, just brilliant action, just really hardcore. It just feels like the Wolverine film that we should have got ages ago. Now, mm -hmm. I liked the the Wolverine. I thought that yeah. the, the, mm -hmm. the Wolverine was a really good Wolverine film. Um, and, you know, and, and X-Men 2, fantastic. But the, there was always that... Oh, there was always that feeling that we just... We just weren't quite getting it. We weren't quite getting the Wolverine film that maybe the character deserved. And then, boom, the last film, according to Hugh Jackman, that he's going to do as this character. And they nailed it. Absolutely yeah. nailed it. The, the only way this, you can bring the movie down is if Logan appears in another movie. If Wolverine comes back, yeah. you know, that'll, that'll steal yeah. the thunder of this. If this is his last movie, what a send-off. What a way to go. Yeah. Terrific. Definitely. Uh, my number two is Baby Driver. Uh, man, this movie just put a smile across my face right from the start. I think it's tremendous. I was a little bit worried. I wasn't sure what to expect going into it. I love all the characters. I think they're all... Um, they're all kind of archetypes, but they all have their own idiosyncrasies. They're all fun in their own way. I think Baby is terrific. I think Deborah and him have a great relationship together, a great burgeoning re relationship. I think the driving scenes are kinetic, exciting, things I haven't seen done before, which is unusual because car chases are something that's predominantly done in almost every movie. Um, I really like the way that it's intrinsically tied together with music in such a way that, that there's moving beat 
with the music, the, the, the words appear on the screen, gunshots um, go to the rhythm of the music. It, it just is so intrinsically tied with that. I think it's a terrific movie that I'm going to see again very soon. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I can't wait to see it again. Yeah. Seconded. That's it's my number one is Baby Driver. I, I I was just absolutely blown away by it. I went with a couple of friends the other night and we we all just loved it. Um, everything you just said and just again got touching again just on the music. Um, it, the way it the way it reveals things about our main character is just brilliant because when it first starts off there's the fear there that oh this could just be a gimmick mm. putting everything in time with the music and all that it's nice it's really well choreographed but if you're going to do that all the way through it, it's nothing more than a gimmick but actually mm. as the film goes on and as thing you know as his life becomes chaotic and he's no no longer able to to move in time with the music and all that it kind of disrupts it his it disrupts that element of him you realize how the music is showing us revealing to us this character who he is and what he's about um yeah just a brilliant film funny action-packed some of the best action that, that, that i've ever seen i think uh, with regards to car chases uh, and characters that even though they're despicable you want to see in a room together um great performances all around loved it yeah yeah what more can you say it's, it's a great movie um, my number one of this year is Trainspotting 2 yeah, <sighs> a, a movie that I saw three times in five days at the cinema uh, a, a oh, movie that um, man. I, I understand it's not your number one Brian but at least allow me to say why I, I love it so much I, I love Trainspotting the original Trainspotting it, it's something that I, I grew up watching and the characters I I love to spend a little bit of time with. But I could never really fully connect to it because I didn't know that world. I didn't know what those characters were going through. Now they are grown up, much like myself. They have a, a fun look at, at past transgressions, even though they may not be the, the most healthiest things to land on to. And I really did attract myself to the nostalgic value of the movie. Um, I, I loved seeing these characters again. I, I loved... Uh, being in that world with these characters. I love the nostalgic uh, aspects of the movie and the movie making where it harkens back to the original movie. I absolutely 100% adore this film. From the moment I saw it to repeated watchings, I think it is a masterpiece. It is, in my opinion, better than Trainspotting. I absolutely oh. love it. No yeah. way. Yeah. Okay. I, I had it, my, my bottom five, the next one after or before Power Rangers was Trainspotting 2. Just because of the sheer disappointment I felt when watching it. But Yeah, well, I, I like I said, love it. Absolutely love it. So that is wow. 2017. So, so, so you, you, you basically pissed all over life, which was in my top five, and I <laughs> essentially pissed all over Trainspotting 2, which... In your top five, so we're even. 
<laughs> if you want to consider it that way, but you know, Prince Bond wasn't it's in your bomb vibe. Yeah. It's all subjective. Um, it's it's all fun. Yeah, but in fact, I mean, I'm looking forward to the rest of 2017. There's some movies that I I can't wait to see. Um, I'm sure mm. the ones that I really can't wait to see are the ones that I don't even know about yet. The ones that always surprise yeah. me. Um, and and Oscar ones, season. N- not even that. Like in previous years, like um, the guest appeared was one of my yeah. favourite movies of that year. Um, a year or two ago, Nightcrawler came out of nowhere. Oh, oh, you know, th- yes. these kind of movies, these are the movies that I, I can't wait for, the ones that I I have no idea even exist. Um, we all know we're going to go and see Thor, we're going to go and see Logan Lucky, and, and, and films of that, I think there's a spa, is there some sort of Star Wars movie coming out again. <laughs> I think so, something like that. Possibly. We're all so going to go just, just, off the, just off the top of your head then, um, hmm. just, just, just name a... Like say three. What what would be the three films you're most looking forward to? Uh, Logan Lucky, Dave, uh, Steven Sonnenberg's return to the big screen. Um, I'm really curious about Thor. And I don't know. I can't. I can't name a, a, another one off the top of my head. That I can think of. But okay. uh, th- those those two are two that I'm really curious about. Right. The three, three for me that I'm most looking forward to, easily. Um, Blade Runner, twenty forty nine. Dunkirk, obviously, and uh, Justice League, and and throw in War of the Planet of the Apes as well for good measure. See, the Planet of the Apes movies are, are movies that I always, always enjoy. But I never really have the buzz about, oh, I've got to see this. I don't know why it is, but I always do enjoy them. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Dunkirk I'm curious about as well. But again, I'm not, I don't feel that urge that I need need to see it. I'll tell you one a sort of special effects driven movie that I am really curious about, and that is uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand mm. Planets. That looks yeah. it looks visually spectacular, yeah. and I do yeah. like Luke Besson when he's in the Fifth Element kind of world, it's a headspace that kind of thing. So, really curious about that one. Um, could could go either way that one. I think I'm a bit. I think it could be. I think it's going to be a massive bomb, mm. but I hope it's terrific. Um, yeah. But that's it. But we'll find out when we do our, our year end show, Brian. Yeah. What has mm-hmm. st- uh, stayed? What has lasted yep. the pace? What has fallen off? I'll be curious if, if, to see if, that. If you, if you had to gamble and uh, pick one film from your top five that you think will still be in your top five coming the year's end, what what? Twenty point two. Well, well, yeah, obviously, because it's your number one. So uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I I I think Baby Driver. I, I do think Baby Driver will still be in my top. Top five, yeah. top ten. I, I would like by the by the end of the year, for you to have seen a cure for wellness. Mm. I, I think I think. I think it's a shame that people haven't taken notice of this movie, and I think it's a shame that a lot of people didn't get to see it on the big screen. Yeah. Um, and I think. I think if you watch it with the guise of the the story is not that important, you may get a lot more out of it. I think of it as a genre atmosphere piece. But that's, you know, if I could urge people to watch one movie, I'd say A Cure for Wellness. It needs to be seen more, in my opinion. Okay. So, as always, 
Brian, uh, would you like to give your little? Um, yeah, our spiel, our yes. sales pitch. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just, just if 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 you listen to our podcasts regularly, or even just a little bit, and you like what you what you hear. Please, please, just, we, we can't ask this enough. Um, just just go to iTunes, it'll take two minutes, and just give us a rating and a, a review. You know, just two sentences, just one sentence, if that's all you can manage, because it really does help to get us seen. You know, it helps bump us up in the, in the searches when people are looking for film podcasts and that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, if you like us, help us, uh, and we'd be extremely grateful. Thank you. So thanks for listening to this bonus episode of Brits on Flicks. And we would love to hear your top five of the year so far. So if you want to get in contact with us through any of our social media links and just let us know what your favourite of the year is, that would uh, be really interesting for us. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you to the next time on the Brits on Flicks. <laughs> on the Brits on Flicks. Okay. Okay.